Got it. Hello, everyone. Welcome in to the, yeah, this is the third episode of the Production Line podcast. I'm your host, Garth Wickham. Uh, Grant Wickham. Dylan Anderson. Andy. I promise the intros will get better as more as we do it because it just sounds awkward every time, but it's all good. Um, so I think we're going to start the show off with uh, probably one of my favorite like things I've watched in like quite a long time with the, the Netflix doc about the Danbury Trashers. Oh, yeah. It's like when, when, well, when we saw the clips for it, you sent them out in our group chat there. Yeah. And you and I were texting about it for like, I don't know, an hour straight about how this was the night before it was released, right? Yeah, it was I the believe. 30, yeah, it was a, yeah, August 30th, I think. I texted it yeah. out because it came out the 31st. Yeah, and as I watched the clip, I was like, oh, okay, that looks good. Forgot to watch it when it came out the 31st, watched the next day, and have been ranting about it ever since to everyone. Yeah we, meant to, we, yeah, we meant to talk about it the last episode, but obviously you had some shit that went down at work and just couldn't get, couldn't get to it. Yeah, I couldn't make that one, boys. Sorry about that. Also, Grant was kind of holding the ship back and couldn't even. I swear, I've been trying to watch this this thing for about two weeks now, or whenever it came out, and I finally just got it now. To, uh, Literally watched it two hours ago. Yeah, using oh. your girlfriend's Netflix account. <laughs> True. You're fresh off. I thought you meant like. I thought you watched it like yesterday or something. Like that. Dude, no, 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 I text. literally I watched it right before my annual or my yeah my annual Lions game once a year. Yeah, the thirty. They were they're yeah, yeah they're having <laughs> it's a rough like start. Thirty eight ten now. Oh boys, Jared Goff I, baby. I think, hey, <laughs> I think we're going going for a perfect season again. Yeah, I hope so. What was that? So it's tough. It's tough. That? Uh, yeah. No, I thought it was later than that, wasn't it? Oh, 08 or 09, yeah. Man, I have no idea. Good times. Honestly, who yeah. cares? The the fact great. that I mean, I'm not the... even a football fan. I hate football, so <laughs> I try yeah, to watch like, one game a year. Yeah, watch... I'm a lion. I'm a, definitely a Lions fan. It's just like I can't deal with the trauma of having two rebuilding teams in my heart. You know what I mean? You're a Lions fan, being from the Western UP. Yeah, we're both Lions fans. Holy shit! I figured you guys would be Packers fans all the way. Oh, dude, nice. it's it's really weird living in like, yeah, Green Bay would... now because yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but... yeah. I figured. No, you guys no, would be we Packers just fans, yeah. no. We grew up. We grew. Uh, our grandparents are like the the football fans, and they grew up, you know, big Lions fans. And I was just like, ah, I guess we'll root for them. Yeah, they've had like I think they've had like two good seasons where they've like barely made the playoffs. And, in like our losing lives. to the Saints in the playoffs. That's the yeah, only that's right. Where, yeah. But like they had like two seasons where they went like nine and seven and eight and eight. Yeah. And we were like, they're the greatest team on earth. Yeah, they're, they're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Wagon. That is their Super Bowl. No, the only thing that I love, I love, like I said, I don't watch football at all. But my roommate in college, he loved uh, loves football. We watched right. Pat McAfee every single day. Yep. And so I, I just started watching it naturally. Like nothing's going on. I, like I worked nights all winter, so I just watched Pat McAfee at noon till fucking three o'clock every day. Yeah, yeah. And when they when they hired uh, what do they call MCDC Motor City Dan Campbell as their coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. going off. They're going off on his press conference and everything like that. That made me want to. He's about, the, about taking yeah taking the knees out. <laughs> yeah, everything man. He's like, <laughs> we're gonna chew up these ACLs. We're, these guys are yeah just killing everyone. Basically, out there. He's a madman. He's literally yeah. he's a madman. He would that make me. me he would make me. me 
he'd make me want to strap up the pads and go against like Marshawn Lynch right now if he was talking to me. Yeah, that's how sure. that's how motivational that guy is. I don't, I mean I don't know. To get back onto you know the documentary, <laughs> somehow we went from <laughs> Dan Campbell to, from the Danbury Trashers, but. Uh, yeah. So Same I just thought deal, it was man. Same type of deal. No prison. It literally is. <laughs> that <laughs> was no in... It was insane, like, how many, like, big-name players they had come through. And uh, I was listening to uh, – so AJ Galante, the kid who ends up running the team as a 17-year-old, he was on a podcast with um, uh, Frank Saravalli, the, right. you know, the insider. Okay. And um, so there was – he had a couple untold stories – that like he he told uh, Frank and one of them was uh, that the player he tried to get he worked so hard to get was Sean Avery. Oh he said Sean God. Avery was meant to be a trasher. That yeah, dude. Yeah. So I heard that I, I heard uh or maybe I read it like on Instagram or something like that like yeah, quoted yeah. that clip and like when I was sitting there watching it, I was like, okay, Mike Rupp, that was a big one after like during the lockout season their second year I believe yeah. it was. Yeah. I was like, okay, that makes sense because Rupp, you know. Was a big name at that time for, you know, he well, was yeah, that he just, style, he just, that style. He just, yeah, he just scored the Stanley Cup winning goal. Exactly. And he was that style player, really, like throughout his whole career. Right. And uh, for the type of guys that are watching. But then I was like sitting there thinking, I was like, Sean Avery would be perfect. And like two days later, literally two days later, I saw that clip or I saw that <laughs> quote. I was like, that's, that's insane. I was like, well. Yeah, he was playing for the Motor City team. The team yeah. UHL. They had they had their own team in Detroit. It was him and Chelly also playing on the team. Was it mechanics? Yeah, the, mecha- yeah, the mechanics. Yeah. Um, but also the other the other story was like so like in the documentary they touch on like what they did like the the equipment manager who by the way is unhinged. That dude is yeah. scary. That, yeah, that dude's a, he's crazy. <laughs> he's he's a he's a lifer for those boys though. Like oh my kid. god, I'd love to have that guy as the equipment manager. But uh, he, he, like, said that he, you know, like, the story about giving out six towels to, like, one team. Yeah. Um, but then they had a story where um, I guess they, you know, he said, suppose, like, uh, rumor has it that a, a Danbury Trasher cop, like, a, a fan who's a cop, uh, pulled over the opposing team's bus and made him sit there for two hours and they were late for the game. Yeah. Just to mess with their well, heads. Like, like you said, that guy's unhinged, like. What they say, what AJ? Like he was AJ's coach or something like that when he was a kid. Yeah, and he would beat up little kids. Yeah, he, he coached he goes, them. He goes, he goes, yeah, he goes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't lean back or hold back from hitting these kids. And they go, oh yeah. He goes, yeah, cocaine's a hell of a drug, and starts laughing and just pops on this big stove. Yeah, like oh my god. Yeah, they that European guy who like went in. He was like, yeah, we're all paid under the table. Should I say that? Yeah, first thing he says too. It's hilarious. Uh, oh, or the brothers, the, the, the twins. Yeah, or the brothers. The brothers were fun. They were fun. The the big dude, the Brad, the uh, yep. Brad R- R- Ringfield, or something like that. Wingfield. Wingfield. Whitfield. Or, yeah, Whitfield. Wingfield. He literally reminds me of Dan Campbell. Yeah, literally. He does kind of remind brother. me of Dan Campbell. <laughs> he does. Oh my god, dude! When he started, like, so at the end there, like, he started crying. He's like, um, "What was the what was AJ's dad's name?" Um, oh. Galante, the mobster, uh, yeah, James. James, James, yeah, Jimmy, yeah. yeah, they call him Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy, that's right. He goes, I'd do anything for that guy. He's like, I, I wish I could see him. And then he walks in at the end and he just starts crying, gives him a big hug. He's like, Are you crying, you big bitch, or something like that? He goes, Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that was I pretty funny. You end up like loving like the family, even though they're just awful people. You feel kind of bad about it, but like you're like, you know what, these mobsters are kind of great. Yeah, I want to go to a Danbury <laughs> game. They're yeah. selling merch now. 
they were like they Again, sold a ridiculous amount of merchandise. Like that first week, the Netflix doc came out. Yeah, they had all they have all sorts of documentaries from that on the Untold store like series. Yeah, was the was Malice the Palace or something like that? Malice of the Palace. There was a uh, Bruce Jenner. Yeah. Um, there was yeah. another one that I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it was a golf one as well. Excuse me. Yeah, I I have to watch that. But huge! I was a huge fan of that. I thought I thought that was a really good watch. Yeah. I, yeah. Same. Yeah. Uh, ten out of ten. Recommend. Really, honestly, honestly. Oh, amazing! Like, uh, yeah, like I Emma was not like happy I was making her watch it, and I was like, we're gonna watch this, and she ended up loving it too. So it's all good. It's what was your favorite part? My favorite part. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I liked the game that uh, Brad came back. He came back to playing after he broke his leg. Yeah, that was an insane like. <laughs> that was an insane fight. Like liked- the, the the Donnie Brook. My favorite was probably when the commish of the UHL, he was just sitting in the the section 162. Is that what they're called? Something like that. It was, the crazy was section, like, yeah. That was yeah, like, yeah. They call him like a, yeah. bald, a bald fuck and stuff. And then he just goes and sits <laughs> with them. Yeah, they, they like were harassing him. And he was like, like, he was like, I hate these guys. And they became like loving them. And he's like the honorary member now. My favorite part, like honestly, throughout the whole thing was uh, when they're interviewing that couple. Like the, just the, the oh fans. yeah like, yeah man those people were hilarious so like she's like yeah I tell them to fuck off or something like that she's yeah like, she's in a wheelchair <laughs> she's in a wheelchair <laughs> yeah she's like but man imagine like playing there like you're getting paid cash, cash money under the table you're working six different jobs on on paper yeah on paper playing. you're not doing yeah you're not doing anything you're, you're just showing up to the rink playing every day insane in Danbury Connecticut middle of I mean, not really. It's a nowhere, shit. It's a shithole. It's a yeah, shithole. exactly. It's a shithole. And then you just have these blue collar fans going up to the uh, to the to the rink every night when you guys play and just wreaking havoc. I love in the documentary they like reference the Sopranos so much. They're like, yeah, the rumor is that Jimmy, the Jimmy Soprano, like Jimmy was based off like they was the inspiration of the Sopranos. Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, that's a little stretched. And then I was like, oh, okay. Like they both like the trash industry though. Like they're both running like trash like in empires yeah that's that's a big mob thing obviously it is a big mob thing oh yeah <laughs> all right yeah um so you know quick turn off of this uh prospect tournament rosters came out and most notably Mort Sider not on it yeah um a good thing though because uh max boltman from the athletic interviewed uh horkoff who's uh head of player development and he says just He's he's played enough in high high enough leagues that we just want him ready for training regular main camp. Yeah, and we see, we want other guys to get a look. See, I found that interesting because Valeno's on it there too, right? Yeah, no. So that's what I was debating. I was debating Grant about this because we both like I I said that well I made this. He's like, well, more insiders too good. I'm like, yeah, but also Valeno has literally played NHL games. So my point with that was Valeno doesn't have as secured of a spot as Cider. I would yeah. like. I think Cider has a completely secured spot on the roster, and Valeno does not. I think there's right. a very high chance that Valeno will be in the minors this year. Oh yeah. And I, so I, yeah. with the Cider situation, him not playing in the prospect tournament, it basically I think it gives like a guy like Plandowski, who we don't know much about, a good opportunity to like showcase himself. And there's a bunch of other guys that just like free agents, basically. 
But, yeah, it's uh, definitely like uh, there's a bunch of guys I'm super excited for on this list. Yeah, I think too. the guy I'm the the one I'm most excited about simply because we've never seen him play is Kirill Tuchiev. I am very intrigued. Yeah, he's I, super small. He's like five nine, like 150 pounds. But like, I guess he has unreal skill. Well, dude plays in Belarus. Like, what do you know <laughs> about Belarus? And, yeah, he played like their pro league. And, yeah, he, he had pretty, pretty good, good numbers. numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's interesting. He's he's interesting. Though. Like I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, that's. I, but also, I mean, I, I do want to watch Marie Sider play like against these kids so bad. <laughs> Ever, yeah, I saw like a couple of things. They're like, well, it would have been fun to see Marie Sider just bully children. Yeah, but obviously, Man, was, yeah. Like, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go. No, go I, was, I was kind of yeah. Yeah, go for it. Oh, just like about Marie's uh, bullying kids. Like <laughs> you sent that clip about um. Or when, uh, was it the Wing Wheel podcast or ever? Yeah, it was. Uh, so Ice Hockey Gifts right. did a compilation uh, compil- video about like everything when happened since Mosider's draft. Right. And it was uh, a really, it was a really good like kind of mini documentary. It was what a 10, 10 12 it was minute like a ten, yeah, ten, eleven minute video. It was really yeah. good. It was good. It was funny because it goes like through like everything we all experienced. We're like, okay, well who the hell is this guy like why are we picking out six type thing and yeah. then then i show us like his highlights and stuff and i forgot like watching him because i'd watch clips here and there but like this past year when he's over in europe you only see what like certain highlights you don't see like yeah. every every shift obviously and they're showing like other highlights uh, not just offensive highlights but he fucking bodies people man he's like, gonna be fun he is a unit He's a unit out there, and that literally insane. destroys like, people. Oh, just and just so it's like he's be saying like back skating smoothly. All of a sudden, the guy's on his ass and the puck's up the other way, and he's up he's up there with a the rush. It's I, I can't wait to watch this kid play. Yeah, I mean at eighteen, <laughs> who do you level on the age? I think it was Keegan Colasar. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not a little guy. <laughs> no, <laughs> eighteen years old just nails Keegan Colasar. And like nothing happened. Like he didn't even flinch. Didn't even move. Like, yeah. all right, just just keep going. Another day. Yeah, it's gonna be. It would take a lot for Moritzider to play himself out of a lineup spot this year. Yeah. yeah. He's he should be top four for sure. Um, but who are you guys most excited for off of the prospect list? I know there's the obvious ones, but maybe you guys have a different answer. Um, I I guess I. T- this is going to sound kind of like lame, but probably Raymond. I He was hurt half the season last year. And just to see where he's at develop, develop, developmental-wise, wow. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited to see Raymond. Yeah, definitely. Raymond, and obviously like, that's an obvious one too, but this is another obvious one, Bergeron. I just yeah, want to see yeah. those two. Like, obviously we're not going to see, like I said, no cider. Um, so those two up front, I don't know. That's probably like I want to see exactly like Raymond was out for quite some time last year injured, so saw him a little bit the World Juniors, but again he got injured. So Bergen mm-hmm. really Bergen's my my main one after Raymond. Yeah, I guess uh, I don't know what it is with the two Swedes, but the, do they just pick the worst numbers in the world for the prospect tournament roster? Did you guys see the yeah, numbers? Bergen's well, a fifty-two or something like that. Fifty-two and Lucas Raymond's twenty-three. Oof. Why, Michael Jordan, baby? But that, do you think those Brad are they Brad actually Stewart picking those numbers, or 
Yeah, no, that's their that's their number is going to go into camp probably. I think actually no, maybe not because I think Larkin had a different number other than seventy one when yeah. he came into camp. Larkin he, like, was uh, was he like fifty something? Yeah, it was something gross. Yeah, although the only person that I loved had the uh, I thought it was a terrible number and he stuck with it was Bertuzzi. He was given fifty nine. His second I year. I love, I love, I love yeah. Maybe I, I only like it because of Bertuzzi, though. Yeah, that's, that's literally. Maybe. I was like, I was like, why the? Because like when I when he played well, he we were seventeen. You know. Right. I was like, okay, so like he's probably going to go. Well, obviously, seventy-one was taken, eventually. But I was like, oh, maybe, maybe someone was wearing seventeen at the time. Maybe, yeah. But I can't think of anyone though. Dallas Drake. That was way before. <laughs> <laughs> that was way before. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Uh, was, it Brad, like, was it Brad Richards, maybe? Brad Richards wore 17. Yeah, it might have been. Didn't he wear 91 Richards? With... No, 91. No. No, nobody's touched, no, one, no one's touched 91. Since better, yeah, no. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. He wore 17, I think, with the Red Wings. But I, I think, think broke in the next. Bertuzzi broke in the next year, though, so maybe it didn't affect anything. Right. I don't know. Um, but I thought Raymond might take – I know 18's taken by Stahl, so I thought maybe he'd take 26 because he's worn that internationally. But I right. guess he went with twenty three. So I mean, I just think it's a, I just think it's two ugly number choices. That's simply that's all I really have to say. About like it. I said, I don't know if they're picking these numbers because yeah, but whatever. I'm definitely talking way too much about this, but it's fine. But again, other than like Tuchiev, Tuchiev is mostly like a like pure like me out of curiosity. But I think like guys I'm most excited about is actually Kosa. Yeah, I I want to see what like you know we took a huge risk taking the goalie that high, and I want to see if it pays off. And I'm curious to see how Jared McIsaac looks after a year just full of injuries. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good one to watch too. Second round pick, that's... he'll be a little old. He'll be on the older side with Valeno. Like I want to see like how much how much better he looks than these kids. I watched one game of him last year in the AHL, and I thought he looked um, reasonably well for coming off a big injury. Solid defensively, nothing crazy flashy, but look good. Well, he's never been a flashy guy, but he's always been like. All like every level he's played at, everyone's like, "This is he's solid." Yeah, you know? yeah. One so. one guy, another name that's like off the market, I guess. Like that I wrote down that kind of caught my eye was just because of his size and stuff. I don't really know a whole lot about him other than he's apparently a, a solid enough shutdown defenseman as new power. Oh yeah. So he's like he's more of a veteran guy. I think he's like a little bit of one of those older guys too. He's twenty three, so, I think. Yeah. So just to kind of see what he he can do with the younger kids and stuff. I don't know. Like he's, he's a free agent signing, right. Or something like that. Yeah. So he played or last season. Yeah, he played. Yeah, he was, well, no, we signed him to an ELC, but he played uh, 23 games with uh, Cleveland last Cleveland. year. Yeah. Cleveland. In the AHL. Yeah. He had pretty good numbers or 24 games. He had like 10 points, I think. So like pretty solid numbers for defensemen. Right. Um, I don't, I don't really know why they didn't resign him or anything, but Stevie seemed to like him. Um, he, I, I think he ends up getting, if he plays well enough, he probably could be a call-up option at some point during the year. Yeah, like he's apparently, like, like I said, I don't know a whole lot about him, but he has good size. And he, like you said, he has some, I mean, 10 points in 24 games in the AHL as a defenseman. I believe that was his first look in the AHL too, right, at pro hockey? Right, because he, he was captain uh, at Connecticut. Right. So, I mean, there's some potential there just to, like, give, give him a shot, right? It's not, not worth not losing anything if you're just – you know, giving him a right. shot. Right. So that's that's kind of interesting to me too. Just decent size, can skate well, and obviously has some offensive potential there. Which I mean, yep. We need every little bit we can help get right now. The Red Wings just love huge defensemen that can skate. Yeah. 
who doesn't we don't we don't have it yeah i mean i guess who doesn't right they end up get, they end up getting returned for a lot of picks mm-hmm. if you trade them so um, i mean i'd take a victor Hemming any day of the week i don't know <laughs> i'm hoping another quick note uh, and then we'll move off of the prospect tournament because like we could always we could just keep poke, poking at guys we're like hey we're interested in this guy so it sounds like we're yeah. interested in everyone not to slight like valeno because like that'd be another easy one i'm interested in looking at but uh Cross Hannis, after having a rough year, like bouncing between league, leagues as a second round pick in 2020, I'm interested to see how he looks after, you know, coming in for a full season again. Because he had a rough year in the USHL after moving yeah. away from the dub. So I'm, I'm hoping he can bounce back. Yeah, he had a, seemed like he had a semi decent uh, World Summer Showcase tournament. Right. Um, so that's intriguing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. I wonder how much, like, yeah, how much of that was well because he he went came from the dub to the USHL, right? Uh, you mean yeah. the USHL? USHL, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, part of that had to have been COVID restrictions, so he can just at least play, yeah. right? Right, that's what they did. That's what they did in the beginning. Yeah, so I mean, they, I mean, if you look at the the levels of hockey, they're compared to each other, but they're different. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if, like your USHL is more like your CHL, obviously, than your North American league would be right. Correct. But, uh, but yeah, it's a different style of hockey. I think it's more, it's more like based towards the college where it's run and gun and stuff, more, more stuff like that compared to the WHL. And I think he, yeah, it's definitely more defensive. Yeah. College more wise. And he's more, more of an offensive. He's, he's more of an offensive guy. So it really doesn't, his style doesn't really lend itself to it. Yeah, so I mean that could be good though because for him in a sense of like development because he's going he went through those that kind of off year where he couldn't really find himself but at least you know he like hey stuck stuck through it got through it right and found yeah, a way it's... found a way to get himself through that year right so yeah I think it's definitely a good thing for him yeah but yeah hopefully just what he the next steps are what really make or break you know if that was yeah. a good thing or not so. Right now on paper, like, hopefully ends up being more of a motivator than a, a knock on him. And I open um, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're going to go into the uh, kind of the, the meat and potatoes of the episode. Uh, our 23-man roster projection. I, I got, A lot of people are, like, pretty probably straightforward, but, you know, maybe there's a couple of players. I think there's a couple – I think there's probably, like, three or four spots given every given position where, like, there's some good banter about who can make it, but – so I'm curious on how like you guys have it lined up. Go ahead, Grant. Oh. Um, well, <laughs> so do we just go lines? Um, yeah. Like, should we start with, like the top six and like break down top <laughs> six to start with? Because I think that's the easiest. We can kind of like go into that. Yeah. Go through rotation. Yeah. Yeah. So if I were to pick the top six, this is how my line setup would look like. It would be Bert. Larkin and Barana on the top line, uh, followed by Suter, Fabry, and Zadina. And that top six is pretty clear to me, to be honest, unless um, I guess I'll hop into that right away. Um, the only way I were to see Raymond making the team is if he shows that he's better than someone in the top six. I don't think if he's not ready to be in a top six, they're going to put him on the team. So if he shows he's better than a Fabry or something – Raymond will make the team. But um, third line, I would have Ernie, Rasmussen, and Nemestikov. And then Gagne, Stevens, and Smith. Um, 
followed by Letty and Hironek on defense. Wait, hold up, hold up on D, hold up on D. I want to stick with forwards. Okay. Yeah, I kind of want to stick with. I want to break down forwards. Uh, yeah, I, Andy, you didn't have projections, right? Not like not well, not written out, but that's pretty much. I mean, yeah, like like I said, so our two calls for forwards, I'd say, would be. I mean, if I mean if Smith's in and out of the lineup every night, you know, mm-hmm. depending like you could do all of them, him obviously, Valeno and. <clears throat> Bergeron at some point, more more likely I think than and then maybe like depending like you said uh, Grant said depending on where Raymond how he proves himself, right? You know, but I think Raymond is going to be going to be one of those guys that will get in in the second half of the season when just to give him looks and type of thing. As of how I see it right now, like he saw, I mean we yeah. saw camp and all that to prove like he has to prove, earn a spot, right? But yeah, pretty much what Grant said is kind of right where I had everything uh, pinned out to. Yeah, kind of like how I had it laid out. It was I have the top six set up a little different than Grant. I had uh, Verona, Larkin, Zadina, and then I had Bertuzzi, Suter, Fabry. Kind of had the fun Guelph connection. Yeah, yeah. But but like in a serious note, like Verona and Zadina had really good chemistry moving down like towards the stretch there when Larkin was out and they were kind of the, you know, counted upon for – all the offense. So I'm curious with, with Larkin down the middle, a little jump start there, but I know Larkin really likes playing with Bertuzzi as well. So I can see yeah. where Grant, I, I can see where you went with that as well. So maybe Just even familiar maybe, with each other. Basically you can do any rotation of the top six. Like you could even throw like Zadina, Verona and Suter on a line together, yeah. which could be a lot of fun. You have a lot of smart minds right there. Um, yeah. Cause that, that Fabry Bertuzzi yeah. Larkin line when that was together that it looked also really good yeah again know. like you can you can throw it however you, however which way you want it because they'll probably be playing close to the same i mean larkin will probably get the d- defensive zone starts over suitor but I um, so. so i mean obviously he'll probably get more minutes but like again it would be only like a matter of like a couple minutes here and there either like you know like 20 versus 18 minutes right right so it's, it's not it's not we're not at a point to where it's going to be like super definitive like oh this guy's gonna get 24 and the other guy's gonna get 16 it's mm-hmm. going to be pretty evenly spread out. Now in the unless, bottom six – oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, unless like certain certain things happen, like special teams and you're going to run your power play and Larkin's going to be on your number one power play for, you know, say you get two or three a period, then that's going to be a little bit of a difference there. But Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's know. where obviously ice time on paper gets messed up through special teams. Yeah, yeah but like, that's it – sounds, yeah, It sounds easy enough you're going to roll like whatever your lines however way, but obviously special teams come into f- effect and – gets thrown out the window um but yeah to go into the bottom six where i have the most amount of like discussion for all of us is i have you know six six players but there's i have two spots i can really see going anywhere where the i have like yeah the two spots where there's a competition between i would say five guys or seven guys excuse me I, i misspoke so like i have locks for the bottom six i have like rastison ernie namesnikov Gagne. Okay. The two guys I kind of have asterisks next to that I have in my lineup right now. So, like, my lines would line up as Voleno, Rasmussen, Ernie, and then Nemesnikov, Stevens, Gagne. And I have Rowney as an extra. So, you see Voleno making the team on the third line yes. and Rasmussen getting moved to the wing? No, I'd move Voleno to the wing. He played wing last year. And Momo, but I just don't see that happening simply because Eiserman had said that he does not see – 
fit with Leno at wing, or he does not want Leno playing wing. So if if that's the case, I, I really don't know because I know he wants Rasmussen to develop into a Jordan Stahl esque player. So. so that's why I that's why I thought like because I just mean ultimately makes like who's going to make the twenty three man roster, but Blashell decides on the lines. So I think Valeno will honestly be like the guy who's most NHL ready out of everyone out of the forwards. Yeah, probably. And yeah. I think after that, like you'll look at it where like Valeno can be a utility guy. So like, let's say if Suter doesn't work out on center, right? Because he hasn't played center all that long. You could throw Valeno up there and have Suter play wing on the third line, and and you can mix mix and match that way. And um, Valeno, it doesn't hurt a young player that plays center. Like you look at Kakanyami from you know. Montreal just had to play him at center, could not play him on the wing. It's not bad for a young center to play wing a little bit. Really isn't. Doesn't hurt him. And they really seem adamant that they want to play Rasmussen in that shutdown center role. So that's why I, I think Valeno might start on the wing. Not saying he's going to play wing his whole career, but I think he could start there. Oh, it, yeah. it doesn't hurt just mix them in and out, too. They can switch, right? Like mm-hmm. They can oh, yeah, both they take can, turns, you know. Yeah, playing center, yeah. Yeah, like like if, if like for instance, if they if that is the line, your third line, your defensive zone face off. If they're stuck out there, Rasmussen. If you wants if you want Rasmussen to be your shutdown centerman, D zone, he's going to be taking the face off. Blen will play the wing. Right. Offensive, you want obviously like I mean I wouldn't mind seeing Rasmussen get his big ass in front of the net, so you have Blen take the face off and hopefully win it and start something there. Mm-hmm. Can kind of sure. interchange him that way, right? Like it's. That that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, no, I think uh, there's definitely so many there's so many options you could do. Like, it's actually fun. Like this year, where you can actually look and be like, hey, there's good players that can like, I mean, competent players. That's I should say that can fill into spots. Not good, yeah. competent. Potential. Um, they have the potential, right? Competent. Right. Potential. Yeah. I describe this team as magic beans. See what you get. You, you don't know what you're going to get. It's really yeah. fun going into the season. Like, we're last year, we're looking at the team. We're like, well, maybe Val Philbelow can be okay. Oh, come on. Who said that? <laughs> but, like, uh, Who said that? you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? Like, you look at, like, it's not 2008. Hey, how's, how's, how's Mitchell Stevens going to look, you know, at, at center, yeah. you know, like, like a young guy like that? How's Joe Valeno going to look? Like Michael Rasmussen with a full year. Yeah. It's really, like, there are a lot of interesting, you know, like, talking points like going into this year versus where you just have like 35 year old veterans fighting for a spot. Um, my fourth line right now though, I have it set up as Nemestikov, Stevens, Gagne. I mean, Nemestikov could fit like he could go flip with Ernie or whatever, but I think Ernie earned the third, no pun intended. Ernie earned more <laughs> of the uh, higher, higher in the lineup from play last year over Vlad, not saying Vlad sucks and we should hate him, but he had a rough year, and I think he needs to earn some of that trust back. And I think he can. But yeah. just starting right now. Also, this is a projection for, like, the first couple games. Obviously, with the Red Wings, some, someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but... it's a – and that goes into my uh, my 13th forward, which is uh, Carter Rowney, a.k.a. The, the new name for our group chat. The fan club. Yeah. Fan club. A- Andy, I don't know if you, you – did you listen to the last episode? Part of it, yeah. What half of it? Did you did you listen Did you listen to the Carter Rowney like talk or no? I think I was just getting to it. I haven't. Okay. I haven't well, tuned I, in. All right. We'll just we'll just ask. What's your opinion? Like, what do you think of the Carter Rowney signing? It's kind of random. To be honest, okay. <laughs> that was that was kind of random. I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, like we have. I thought we had enough. 
like we like we're talking about it now. I thought we had enough forwards to kind of be okay for the year. Too, if you want to see what some guys get, but I mean, I'm okay with it. I guess. I mean, he's I he's a good veteran guy that you can have. He's been in and out, in and out of lineups across the league. He's been seeing a lot of different things. So we forgot to mention he's a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's okay. a Stanley Cup champion. Kiss the ring, Not, right? Yeah, his numbers with the Ducks were pretty good, honestly, and they were a shitty yeah. team. And yeah. I don't know, for when you have so many young players, it's like Eisman's obviously said that he's like, I'm not going to give give away spots. Right. So I don't think it hurts anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it hurts anything to have him being the scratch versus someone else, you know what I mean? And also he's right. very usable, so you can just throw him in the lineup. Like if Mitchell Stevens isn't ready, if Joe Valeno doesn't end up being ready and, you want, and Carter Rowney is like, hey, I'll be the fourth line center. Well, you know also, I mean? like, another way to look at it is, like, kind of what they ran into this year. You need to have guys that are sitting there ready that can at least be capable of playing NHL games if someone either gets injured, but another one, I mean, COVID. Someone gets COVID, right. they can't go. You have to have somebody that you, is ready to go that you can trust enough to be in there in the lineup for one game, five games, however long it goes, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so so it's a good, like, a little like – like I said, I wasn't – it was random for me at first. I was like, okay, whatever. But I'm not I'm not against or anything because it's someone to have, someone good there. Yeah. Notably, I left off Giovanni Smith. I don't know what it is, but, like, I feel like Eisman doesn't like him. Yeah. Not I mean, like – I'm indifferent on I don't know how I feel. Well, he was definitely a stretch in the second round when we took him. Yeah. He hasn't exactly, like – he's not a player that's put up a ton of numbers in, in the minors or juniors. Like, he's – he scored some goals. Like, he's, he has respectable numbers, but, like, it's not like we need to get him in the league now. And when he's played, he's looked he's looked good in, like, a fourth-line role, but, like, not great. So, I'm yeah. not – I am i don't – I don't really – what I'm trying to say is I don't, I don't think it's a huge worry if we're, like, setting him down the minors for, like, waivers. I don't think he's going to get picked up. No. So, he's a guy I, I feel like could be the 13th forward as well if they end up, like, you know, throwing Boleno back down to the minors and you can have – Rowney in the lineup every night, or him and him and Rowney flip flop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Every night, I, I think it's you know it's all positives there. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, like that's how I feel. Like I'm, I don't know, I don't see where he has a solid every night role in the in the lineup in the roster. Right. Like so, if he's a guy that you said if they're flip flopping him and Rowney, or he goes on waivers and. I, I don't really, like I said, like you said, don't really see him being picked up. Mm-hmm. Not in the first half of the season anyways. Maybe like if he has to go after Christmas, go back on waivers and somebody goes, somebody gets injured somewhere for a fourth line and they need someone like that. Maybe right. then, maybe then, you know, it, it mm-hmm. happens all the time. So yeah, for sure. But, but yeah, I don't really, don't really see where he has a solidified role right now here. And I don't he's think got- he's, I don't think he's played himself out of it, but I don't think he's also played himself into a role either. Like he's definitely kind of been lapped by players in development wise. Yeah, it's unfortunate, I, but he kind of has been. He was like, like you said, in juniors, he was he was a solid player to have in juniors because he was he was a sixteen year old kid. He was six three, six two, whatever, two hundred fifteen pounds, and he was out there. He could shoot, skate, hit. He could do a little bit of everything, and he continued just getting better and better on that front in juniors, but then he kind of, when it made the jump to the pro ranks, he's kind of, 
fallen behind. Yeah. So, so I'm like confused on the whole Smith front. I, I get confused watching him. I, in my head, he's supposed to be this fourth line player, right? That goes out and four checks and plays good defensively. And when I watch him, sometimes I see laziness. And then other times if he's playing up in the lineup, like I saw him play with Larkin one game, he looked really good. And then other games he's playing down the lineup. He just does not look there. So yeah. I, I like him as a player and think I think he has the potential to be like a good fourth liner, but I haven't really seen it. I've seen him like his good ice sense and but I've only seen that when he's with better players. So that's my concern with him. Right. Not yeah, no, it's definitely gonna be it's definitely gonna be a big year for him. Yeah. It's one of those things where he's not reliable if he doesn't have the right people surrounding him type of deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I I I get out that. Yeah, I get that. I agree. So yeah, it's still interesting. Yeah, it's even in- more interesting with the contract situation. Like, we're still waiting on him being signed. Would not have yeah. put. Would not have made the bet if to say he would have been the last RFA unsigned. But here we are. Um. So I guess we'll move into the defensive talk. Our six D, who we think we're going to be in the lineup. Start. Yeah, opening night. Opening that lineup. I should phrase that for both the forwards and the defensemen. Because obviously this is going to change. So, uh, yeah, who do you have, Grant? Well, so I had Rownies a scratch, too. Um, But then I have – so, for defense, I have Letty and Hronik starting on the first pair. This is at the start of the season. I think this is how we start. Uh, And then I have Sider and Osterley. Mm -hmm. And then Stahl and Stetcher. And then I have DeKaiser and Lindstrom as scratches. I almost like yours better than mine. So I like Osterley, and I think he has um, a bounce back year this year. Um, yeah. I don't want to see the Kaiser in the lineup, and I hope that he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lindstrom, I'm really confused on that front as well after he was protected over Stetcher, and Stetcher is the better defenseman as of right now. So right. what happens in that front, I guess uh, we will see. Yeah. No, yeah, def- I'm, I'm really with you on that, like – um, and the fact of the Stetcher Lindstrom situation, I don't see it with Lindstrom, Lindstrom personally, but hey, obviously they see something. I don't know, maybe it's just like they don't really like Stetcher and they just kind of like Lindstrom a little bit better. Yeah, I don't see it, I don't see it with Lindstrom at all. See, I, I, yeah, no, I, I, I like Stetcher though. Like, I love Stetcher, yeah, like, like you know what you're gonna get from him, he's gonna go out there and he'll be your penalty kill guy, he's gonna be your shut, try to be your shutdown guy. And he's yeah. going to give it your all. He's going to give it his all every time he's out there. And he has a cute dog. Well, there you Phoebe, go. Phoebe? Uh, yeah. The Bernice, the, uh, Bernice Mountain Dog? Yeah. Cookie I, I points don't know. for the boys here. Cookie oh, points yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> that gets me on the stature train. I don't know. Yeah. But no, for me, I have the same thing. Letty Heronic, Cider, and I had, like, I can see DK, like the Kaiser being in and out with Osterley, like in that number two's position, because I don't know why it's just – He's, he's, I guess, our, the veteran D that we have that are, that's been on the roster for a while, besides Heronic, I guess. And then Stetcher, Stahl, and then the question mark would be the, Lind- the Lindstrom, too. So, Yeah, I, I guess there's a lot of question marks on our back end. I, I really I don't know how that's going to start out. Yeah, our, back end's definitely, our back end's definitely, on paper, kind of looks like the weakness. Well... No, yeah. I uh, our top, 
okay, I, I think our top three are solid enough where we could be happy with it. And then it's just a war yes. zone from there. Then it's a war zone from there. And if <laughs> yeah, one of those three go down, we're like, holy, we're, we're what the fuck? It's made it here, boys. Like, we need something <laughs> I think, to I think I think we're a lot of weak this year, to be honest. I think yeah. our goaltending is our strong point. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's going to be our best defense is going to be our goaltending, I think. <laughs> Yeah, so like uh, my defense, I kind of went like a little bit fun, but also a little realistic. So I didn't, I, I'm kind of with you, Grant. Like I hope Jordan Osterley is the answer, but I think Dan DeKaiser is going to be in. No, no shot, bro. I have DeKaiser Heronic because they kind of like played a lot last year together in a way. And mm-hmm. they, I don't know, DeKaiser looked okay at the end of the year, but okay, again, this is DeKaiser every year. He looks okay the last five games this season. <laughs> And then he's horrendous the rest of the year. He's just collecting that paycheck and then going going back, going home and hit the links. He clocks in and then clocks out. He clocks in for the last 10 because it's like, what have you done for me lately? Let's try and get it out. Let's remember this when we're doing the contracts. He's kind of the guy. He's he's the guy at work who clocks in five minutes late, but then he stays an extra, you know, three minutes to try to compensate, but just is a little too little too late. Yeah. Stays stays for two and a half minutes. Yeah. Not great. Yeah, uh, I had Letty and Cider together because I think that could be a really fun pairing. Just the skating ability and like how Letty played with an or Cider, excuse me, played with more of an offensive guy in Rogla, and just the the matching there. And then obviously the 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 pair that was together the most last year was Stahl Stetcher. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to see Letty and Cider together, but I don't know if that'll happen because of Blash Hill and not wanting Cider to jump in right away. But I really but, liked your suggestion of Osterly there as well, because Osterly's a really good skater. He's a, that's why I picked Osterly. And DeKaiser is not a good skater. DeKaiser's a really rough skater. Yes. Never really yeah. been a great skater. No, and that back surgery did not help him. No, not at all. <laughs> so that's kind of what I'm looking at. I, think Lin- I don't think it'll help like- anyone, to be honest with you, but... The scratches are kind of interesting because I think Rowney is definitely like the 13th forward. Like that's – they're not gonna, I don't think they're going to send him to the minors. I know a lot of people are like on Red Wings Twitter are like, well, he's just going to go play in the minors. And I'm like, first of all, he's a one-way contract. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't think they're going to want to pay him 800K to just go sit in the minors unless he's that bad, which I don't think he will be. I think he's going to be a guy who's in and out of the lineup. He'll probably play like 50, 60 games or something. He's going to be like serviceable. That. Serviceable. Right. Yeah. Right. So what comes to it – because right now – with the way we have it set up, there's two defensemen. This would be like one forward, two defensemen on like for scratches. But I think Lindstrom or DeKaiser even is a make or break for them to get sent, you know, get sent down or stay in. You know what I mean? This is scratch or whatever. Because Lindstrom kind of has an interesting contract where he signed two years for 850k each year. It's not a two way, but it's you know it's still like a minimal amount of money. I don't think they'll send Lindstrom down simply for the fact that so- we protected him. So, so the best thing nothing. ever would be if DeKaiser and Witkowski were D partners down in GR. Ooh. That'd be electric. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Electric. I, I, I think they'll end up running like DeKaiser and Lindstrom is like scratches because Blash loves the 11 7 setup. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think we're going to rotate <laughs> like back to back games. You. Bet your ass there's going to be 11 forward, 7D for that game. Loves it yeah. for absolutely no reason. And and somehow Wachowski is going to bring his way up and he's going to be playing fucking fourth line left wing. 
Yeah, <laughs> or some, at some point. Too. You know what's going to happen at some point throughout the season. Wikowski's going to be playing fourth line uh, left wing. Yeah, probably. yeah. I'll take a wager right now that Wikowski will play more than five games next year. <laughs> no, <laughs> dude. What's the over? Okay, over under. Over under it. Three and a half. <laughs> you taking the over on that? I'm taking the over <laughs> on that. I think Wikowski <laughs> plays more than four games next year. No. That's yeah. Oh, Honestly, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised though, because because exactly what you just said, Gert, though, like he loves the eleven seven, especially on back to backs. He loves the eleven seven. You, you have to think like I have some injuries. Yeah, injury yeah, injuries. Well yeah, injuries and stuff and too, yeah. So I, I think it's is, something like that. Yeah. And also you have what like almost a month break because you have the uh the Olympic break. Mm-hmm. So there's gonna be some leading up into that or coming right out of that, there's going to be – you have to think there has to be some – quite a few back-to-backs. Either way, this, this lineup's easily a lot more excited than last year's lineup. Easily. Yeah. More interesting, no, yeah. For sure. for sure. And I was also uh, – I was listening to like a – I kind of forgot to mention this. We were talking about forwards. but So I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit. But uh, Fabry had an interview with uh, Art Regner on uh, the Word on Woodward show on YouTube. And Fabry was talking about, like, he, he feels – he thinks himself he feels more comfortable at center. I don't agree with that. I think he looks better as a winger. But I it's another interesting thing, if Suter doesn't work out, that Fabry might get some reps at center at some point. I'm yeah. not a huge fan of that, but, again, if you want to try it, go for it. I'm all yeah. for it. I, I like Fabry a lot. So When did uh, when did Suter start pl- – Play because didn't he come to Chicago as a winger? Like didn't wasn't didn't he like start in Chicago as a winger? Um, yes. or was he was he thrown right to the right to the middle right away? I think oh, I think he actually might have been thrown right because I remember them playing because his first goal he scored against the Red Wings. He's playing center. Scored a hat trick against Red Wings. Scored a hat trick that game. He was playing center that game, yeah. well, and that was early in the season. So I mean, unless he started in the wing for like a couple games, and then they put him at center right away. But I know he's kind of been like a. He's kind of been a utility guy. He's played either side, like, kind of throughout. So, yeah. it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah, he's a guy like, – I. he said, he's again, he's more comfortable at center, and I think he will get the, the look at second-line center to start with. And I think – I honestly think he'll be good at it and it'll work out. But, again, you have a bunch of – like, with the Red Wings right now, you have, like – you have so many guys that can play center right now, which is a really good thing. Yeah. In your projected forwards. That's what you need. It's a really good thing as long as – some of those guys know how to play wing. Well, yeah, no. And well, are, and are it's, a lot easy, it's a lot easier to play wing than it. Like, it's more so like, so Vlad played wing most of his life, but he also can play center. Yeah. Fabry, yeah. Fabry plays wing most of his career in the NHL, can play center. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell Stevens, when he's played in Tampa Bay, been mostly a, a, like a winger in the fourth line, but he can play center and he played center in minors. Yeah. So. And in the center position, is pretty pretty keen in the, today's NHL, right? So, absolutely, it's the, so, probably yeah, it's one of you, the most important positions besides goalie. Right, you need to make the the most of it with who you have there. Yep. So we, I think the uh, Red Wings the past couple of years have really struggled finding depth in the center role, and mm-hmm. I think it's they really addressed that this summer with obviously they didn't get have. like they didn't get the star players obviously because we're still rebuilding. You don't want to rush anyone, but I think now you can develop for the future and it'll be really good. Saying Carter Ronnie's not a star. I would never say that. 
<laughs> I'm gonna get a number. Th- I'm gonna get another thirty se- number thirty seven jersey, Carter Rowney. And I'm gonna wear it. I'm gonna wear it when I'm too. when I go when I go to the game uh, in Boston. <laughs> I'm gonna wear it. It's gonna be great. Um, have, have, so yeah. So the shortest one we kind of have to talk about is the Billies. That's just that's quick. That's a quick one too. Yeah. Nandalkovich, Grice, um, how do you guys think it's going to shape up uh, games-wise for them? It'll be 50-50, if not. Um, I don't know. I don't see it any other way. Grice is too good, and then Nandalkovich is coming from a role in Carolina where he had a better team in front of him. Yeah, I think it might be down. more like a – I think it might be more of like a 50-30. But, like, anyway, it's going to be close. A 50-30? Games played. games. Games played fifty, so 50, 50 games to thirty. Oh, games. okay. I thought you were saying fifty, like thirty. Oh, like percent, like percentage percent. wise. I thought you were losing it. No, Wakowski's going to strap him up. Oh my god, <laughs> guys! I mean, guys, probably he's he's the definition of utility. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to stop pucks. He's going to. He's actually. He's actually going to play without a mask. He's going to stop pucks with his beard. I would That's, actually yeah. be at that game, not trolling. <laughs> I would, yeah, yeah. I'd actually, if if that were to happen, I'd fucking love it. Just love it. Oh, the best. I could die. Um, yeah, it's. I'm definitely. Yeah, the goaltending is definitely. I think honestly, we might have like a top fifteen goaltending tandem in the league, which doesn't say much, but for the Red Wings, it hasn't happened in a long time. No, no, I actually like our goaltending. That's that's like the most, especially in a long time. But this is the most confident I've been in our goaltending and. The most confident spot in our team, I think, is our goaltending, which where we we know we're gonna get in night in night out, ninety percent of the time at least a solid showing. Yeah, you'd hope, you'd hope, as long as we don't leave, leave let them like leave them out to dry, like hang them out to dry. Which yeah, I definitely mean, don't think our our goalies are gonna be costing us games. No. So that's all you can really ask for is from a goalie is they yeah. you know they keep you in any game and it's ultimately up to, up to the team in front of them to put it all together. Exactly. Yeah, I think uh, part of me just thinks Grice is going to start a little bit more, a few more games, whatever it may be in the split. I think they're going to split it pretty even, but I think Grice gets a few more just because, like, near the end of the, like, the second half of the season, he was really hot last, like, start taking it, like, tearing it up again, finding his right. way. He's the only returning goalie that we have on the roster, for one, obviously. Mm-hmm. But also, Nadalkovich came from a team that, had a very sound decor. De- our whole team defensively actually played really well. And he was also what, a, he was a rookie last year, right? So still, actually, technically, is still still is a rookie. We found that yes, out. Right. Up. That's right. Yes. So, so we have uh, we have, he's up for the Calder again, baby. Again, yeah. Let's go two years in a row. We had good Calder next year. Yeah, he hasn't been on anything like the betting sites or anything, but I'm I want to throw some money down. Yeah. Not actually. I actually that's a bad. That's because the game's played, right? Because like the shortened season. Yeah. So it's twenty. You have to play twenty five games to be like considered to be your full rookie year. Right. He was fifteen and then, five and three. Yeah, he played twenty three games, and, he, yeah. and and if you and the only way you disqualify from that if you play six games like a season before that, and he played gotcha. like three games one year and then one game like another year. Gotcha. So he so he was right on the number then, or right under the number. Yeah, he's like basically like missed the quota by like two games. Right. Any which way. So, it, so. it's kind of like a, it's it's a really like, it's a scummy way to like kind of make it. 
but yeah. you know, we'll take it. I mean, his and odds I, odds of winning it aren't very good because he's playing a bad team. I was just gonna bring that up. I was like, I was kind of joking with putting the numbers on it, but like also like. And you can't sports bet in Massachusetts, idiot. Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't bet. I can't bet sports in Massachusetts. Yeah, but he's right. he's a five minute drive from six other states where he can. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if I can. Is new? I don't know if New Hampshire is either. I don't know. I should say. I, think I can't think Wisconsin either. It's no. true. Yeah. No. We're in the non fun states. Who know. the Who the hell thought I'd be the only one that could do that? I'm in Ontario. <laughs> All right, I know Ontario, the no, most notably like not oh, fun. Hey, speaking of which, uh, congratulations on your women's world championship gold medal of Earth. Oh, Canada. for Canada, yeah, yeah, thank yeah, you. Congrats. Uh, I have a Marie Philippe Poulain jersey hanging up in the corner. Yeah, I see that. It's cute. <laughs> thank you. Um, that was a sweet goal, though. She won. That was a sick. That was such a snipe, dude. Man, that was such a good game to watch, too. I didn't watch it, but I oh, no? saw that goal. No, I didn't watch it. No, I, I should have. But it was pretty good. It was pretty exciting. Um, I mean, it was August, so yeah, it's true. You can't watch for much more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hockey in August, but, like that's like that's the only thing about the uh, the first like when COVID first hit the nineteen twenty season there. Yeah, yeah. Like the the best part of it was was I mean it's August and there's twelve games on a day. So you start hockey True. at noon, you end it, you end it at uh, two o'clock or one o'clock in the morning Eastern time. That was the best part of it. Yeah, and also, like a lot of people weren't working at the time, so you could have those noon games and like everyone could watch. Yeah, you know, you know, know. everyone's work schedules. I know, I know, you're literally recording at work right now. So I mean, you're not everyone though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Me being me, you know, I'm working at that time usually. So I should also mention, like, for the prospect tournament, like. Uh, yeah, the games are going to be uh, streamed through DetroitRedWings.com. So yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to be watching this uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I, will also I was, I was thinking, I was thinking about be... actually going down to Traverse City and watching too. Because I'm going across. Sick. I'm going over uh, tomorrow. I'm going back home. Oh, really? Yeah. You're not, and, you're, and you're going to be across all, all week? Yeah. No, I'm going to be so jealous if you go to Traverse City and watch. Well, I was like, well, if Cider need... was there, I'd be there. But, like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. We're gonna need. Well, if you do go, we need we need content. You know, we need content for the account. You know what I mean? Yeah. So take a couple of videos. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, maybe start a vlog. You know, become a vlogger. <laughs> start a vlog. Hey guys, welcome to the Trait Running's Development Camp. <laughs> Your host. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, back on track. Uh. So I kind of go like I kind of had listed like guys who like are kind of on the cusp of making it. Um, so I kind of like how in my lineup I had two like kind of asterisks around Valeno and Stevens because I really think they could. I think those are guys like they end up earning their spot through camp. But I think there's the other guys that are fighting for the spots. I think could overtake their spots pretty easily. So I was kind of like I was wondering who you guys had. Like I kind of have like five players I think are okay. fighting for a spot. I don't know. Um, I'll hop in the mind. So yeah, I'll let you list yours first. I think Valeno is a guy that's fighting for a spot. I think you brought up a good point with him being swapped to wing. You know, he mm-hmm. did play wing in Malmo last year. I know he doesn't prefer to play wing, but if they want him to suit up at wing, he can do that. Um, and I think he'd be more of a third-line role next year. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think they want to stick him on the fourth line. And then I hop into the guys like – Raymond and Bergeron, and I say for them to win a spot next year, 
like I said about Raymond, they need to be better than someone in the top six. More than likely, unless they see Berger and possibly playing on the third line to start the season. He played third line last year for Skeletia, however you say that. Um, Skeletia, yes. And he put up 45 points in 49 games as a third liner, playing 13 to 14 minutes a night. It should be be noted that he played power play one as well. He did play power play one, but yes. Um, And then you got Stevens, who I think should make the team. Um, I also wouldn't mind him seeing him be swapped to wing too. If you have an overload of centers and want to start Rowney at center and mm-hmm. take a, a guy like Smith. Um, yep. Other than that, I think Chase Pearson could fight for a spot on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. And I like Chase Pearson. I think he is a pretty good player. So other than that, those are like my five guys. I see could fight. Yeah, Andy, what do you think on on that? Pretty much the same. Like, I didn't really give much thought to Chase Pearson, really. But, I mean, at the this disrespect. point. Well, I know, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just, but, but, no, I just, like, it's pretty much the same thing. It depends on who shows up to camp and who's ready to prove himself, really. Like, it can go any way. It's kind of a crapshoot right now, mm-hmm. in my opinion. With, with those, with all I mean, like I said, minus Chase Pearson, in my opinion, but. For sure, and I don't know. I don't know why. I just yeah. Not. I don't. I, I can't. I can't see why you would. Yeah, you know, wouldn't have him in the lineup. Like I think you're insane. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, but, we have uh, guy like Wikowski there, so like, let's get real. That's true. It's a way better option. Damn it. Um. So kind of going back to yeah, I'll go to like my guys. So like the two stars I kind of had were like guys I had like asterisks next to were like Valeno and um, Stevens. Wow, I'm blanking. But guys are like, I grant your point on Lucas Raymond. I think – and Bergeron. So, I think they could play a third-line role. They're not going to play fourth-line, obviously. But Raymond has played he, – he has been playing, like, the same thing as Bergeron. They've both been playing on, like, third lines in the SHL. And if they earn a spot and they're good enough and you give them, like, the power play time where they get enough ice time, I think it wouldn't hurt them too much to be on, the, on a third line with, like, Rasmussen and Ernie, to be honest, um... or, or Nemesnikov. Yeah, I just – I don't know. I see Raymond more of a fit on the top six right now. Just well, I would rather with, that. I would put rather him that. with the best players available not, if he's good enough. I don't want to yeah. see him playing with, as bad as this might sound, like Ernie or Nemestikov, mm-hmm. really. Not to sound bad. Or Rasmussen, because I don't think the skill level is there. Raymond's skill level is so high, and same with Bergeron, that I think he should be playing with other really skilled players to start out their career. Right. Well, could we, could we? Could you guys also see this then? Because, I mean, Suter had a hot year last year in, in Chicago. We both we're all high on him. Mm-hmm. But say he doesn't mesh with anyone in the top six, could you see him dropping down to third and Raymond slipping in a little bit? Yeah, yeah but then you got to case, you run you the... move Fabry to the center. Correct. That's what I was going to point out. And yeah. then yeah, which isn't which the is worst not a bad idea. yeah, which which isn't the worst thing. Like if Fabry wants to tr- give another try and whatnot, like sure, like. Go yeah. for it. I kind of view Fabry's situation like wanting to play center. It's kind of like Jonathan Duran. It's like, can he? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> so that's kind of like where I'm at on it. I think he's definitely a winger, and I think he should be there. I but again, you could. Yeah. That's true. I think he's more utilized. His speed's more utilized as a winger. He's a up and down type of guy. He's a streaky scorer. Like, he definitely is really good on the wings there. Um, yeah, I think I think I kind of like did it, but like I was kind of thinking like percentages in my head of like 
for those couple spots. Like I think Valeno, like I think like sixty percent chance he's on the team. I think. Like I truly oh, think he's gonna earn it. But then I give I kind of give like the forty percent. Like I think most of it goes to Raymond and Berggren, and you kind of like throw like Giovanni Smith and Chase Pearson a bone. In my opinion. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I I think there's a lot of different ways you can go with this opening night roster on defense and offense. Absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely it's gonna be fun. I'm excited for main camp, which is the end of the month. I'm excited for prospect yeah, prospect camp starting uh next Thursday. Yeah, what time uh I think they play at the, seven. Know, seven at night, yeah. Because yeah, I, uh, so. I know like they released a schedule the other day and I took, yeah, I took a quick glance at it, but I didn't. Uh, yeah, it's seven it, on Thursday, right? I think so. So it's like Toronto's in it, Columbus, Dallas, um, Dallas and the Rangers, maybe. Yeah, I think that's it. I think Dallas is a continuous, continuing. Dallas, going. Dallas and the Rangers are the ones that are usually in Columbus are usually in it. I think Toronto's a new one. Yeah, they're newer. I think Buffalo sometimes has been in it, like the Hurricanes. I think have been in it before. Yeah. Kind of like they kind of rotate that fifth team, but uh, it's usually what it is. Usually those like four, but um, I'd have to look at the schedule again. But I think for sure the first game's on Thursday, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be streaming that. It's gonna be cool. Yeah. No, I'm definitely super excited for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it'll be fun to see. Uh, I think we should touch on a little bit on the special teams, considering we had such a like. There's a little hype going around the power plate again with uh, Tangay coming back in. Uh, well, not coming I, back in, but becoming the power play guy. I don't think we should we should try to hype it because. Well, we we're going from thirtieth in the league to hopefully like twenty something, like mid twenty, mid to high twenties. I'm hoping for like you know like it, like it sounds awful, but like if we can have like the twentieth best power play, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah, my power play is really like reliant on or the two power plays I put together are really reliant on whether or not Bergeron and Raymond are going to make the team. Mm-hmm. So this Let's is without, say for sake of, them. Our, sake of argument they don't make it. Okay. So um, my first power play would be Burt net front, Larkin playing. I call this position the Bo Horvat. I don't know, just because I think he plays it so well. But basically, bumper. Between, it's a bumper. Yeah, bumper. Yeah. Um, Verana on his offhand and Hironic also on his offhand, and then Letty up top. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I like that unit. And then. Um, Second unit, I'd have Rass net front. Um, uh, Fabry would play bumper. Zadina plays his strong hand, so on the left side. Sider up mm-hmm. top, and Fabry on um, or no Suter on the half wall. Okay, I like I like that as well. Like it's again, these yeah. are such. It's obviously like you'll. We're just kind of guessing at this point, like what we'd like. I went a little bit different than you, but it's like kind of like the same guys. I have uh, first unit. I have Bert net front. I have Fabry bumper, which I think now that I've looked at it more, I think Larkin might be a bumper. But I think Larkin skating wise, like he played half wall. So I have him on the. I'll continue. I'll finish my thought. But yeah, Bert net front. Larkin, I have uh, his strong side. So yeah, left side, half wall. Fabry bumper. Zadina on his one timer spot, and then Letty my first on the point for the first unit i'm kind of thinking larkin on the half wall simply because he's such a good skater and when he possesses it he kind of brings it in the zone and he's kind of starting off on the half wall so setup is gonna be a lot easier i do like that in in that sense um mm-hmm. just i do 
really think his shot is underrated from right there. But also right. Fabry has a really good shot from right there too. That's why I have Fabry playing bumper on the second unit. But right. Fabry could be interesting right there with Larkin on the half wall. And I didn't put – I obviously Verona is like a more skilled player and he should – like he probably could – he's the better player. But I kind of have it spread out where like Verona can be the main guy on the second unit. Who'd you have as that second point guy there with – well, acting as a second point guy in the unit one there, Garth? Uh, so it's like I have Zadina and Larkin are playing half walls. So like whoever side moves to, they move up. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, but Letty's Letty's up top on the umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what we said. Our was it our first episode? That's kind of what mm-hmm. we all pictured, right? Yeah. So the second unit, I have Ras in the in front, obviously. Yeah. And then I kind of like yeah, it's kind of like a whatever, like whoever makes it and whatnot. But I I'm gonna run with what I think. I think we're gonna go. Probably Verana's on his one-timer side. Um, her, uh, cider on top. And we're going to have Hronik on his on his uh, one-timer spot. Yeah. And I kind of have a, a duking it out for the the slot spot between Valeno and Suter for the bumper. I think uh, if Valeno makes the team, I think they're going to want to give him some power play time. But also I think Suter will probably more likely get it. Also, yeah. Ernie, yeah. also, also notedly, Ernie Blashill has talked about Ernie earning that bumper spot. Ernie so looked good I, on the bumper last year. He did look good on the bumper this. So, like, that's another guy. Like, I had like put some thought into for playing. I actually put him as a, an asterisk on the first power play unit, just simply yeah. how much well, I liked him. For him, he, I think he's he's a big enough body too where he can be bumper because he won't get moved much there. Like, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's he did he did well there last year, but also say. I don't know, say Rasmussen's not going that night or whatever, not doing well. Put him in front of the net, too, because yep, he's a big would, enough guy. I would he, like that. I mean, he's he's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. He is hard to move, right? He's a unit out there. So. Uh, last year, he was good in front of the net, or like good at tipping pucks from the bumper. So, I mean, t- tipping pucks high, right high in front. Tip. Like, if you put him in front of the net, it's like the same sure. thing, basically. And then he's good at getting rebounds, too. So, I would not hate that at all. No, and it's exactly. That's, he's He's – uh, he's aggressive on rebounds. He's good at good at picking those up. So either or, I mean, really the the difference between a bumper and the net front guy is, I mean, area wise is a six six and a half eight feet. So yeah, I mean, they they can be interchangeable too. So mm-hmm, absolutely. No, I think uh, yeah, I think that's probably who the guys were looking at. Obviously, you throw a wrench in it when Raymond, if Raymond or Berger to make it, because they're going to need to be power play guys. Yeah, and I think that's we see that it's some point throughout the season no matter what anyways right so it's probably okay, we throw like there. if we were going to go off it right now where there's like no injuries you probably have cider off the power play you probably have like a suitor or a fabry that come off and for those guys you know what i mean yeah and yeah for that so you can give them the ice time and then you move like chronic back to the point which i really don't like but you know he's the half ball guy and I'll, I'll, we all said that and back to like Grant, I kind of have like uh, I've Cider and Heronic together simply so Cider can feed Heronic because it's right hander to right hander. Yeah. When you, when you look when you're looking at the power play versus where Letty is going across to feed Heronic on that first unit for you. But again, yeah. it's, you know, it's the same no, I don't thing. hate that. I was more looking at uh, Verona's good at cross ice passes, and I'm more looking at a cross ice pass mm-hmm. from Verona to Heronic and popping a one timer or vice versa. And then right. Letty Letty has a nice shot from back there too. And just also, tip pucks. He's also so good at bringing the puck. I'm excited to have Letty simply as another guy to actually skate the puck in. 
Yeah, we have two two guys from last year that could skate the puck in the zone. It was Zadina and Larkin. Our the biggest thing with this power play is we need to figure out how to get the puck into the zone and set up. We can't even. Yeah, because once you like, if you're struggling to get the puck in the zone, you can't even set it up. So like, I think that's the no. first thing. We, cause it's always Larkin is going to carry it in, and you hope something like gets set up after that. Like it's 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 going to no be plan. Like, yeah, it's it's going to be what was it like? Bertuzzi, well, Bertuzzi didn't play much last year, so Fabry mm-hmm. drops, comes across New Zealand, drops it to Larkin. Larkin uses his speed to get in, and mm-hmm. then everyone rushes. Well, Larkin's getting in the zone. Everyone rushes to their position, but then it's like, okay, well, it's a dump. Yeah, Larkin's to his spot before everyone else, and then so what it was to. last year because Larkin was hurt. It was literally just Zadina going in and taking into the zone. Yeah, which and which then, would which would work sometimes, but. It'd work probably seventy percent of the time, but if if he wasn't on the ice, it they had nothing to do. Right. Because Zadina is skilled enough to skate through guys and have the puck in the zone, but yeah. yeah or if they ran into, or if you run into a team like like I guess like they didn't play like the Islanders who are so defensively sound that mm-hmm. you're not gonna get you're not gonna get in the offensive zone on your power no. at all. No. Because they're just so tight defensively, so you, they're at least with like you said with Letty. Like he's patient with the puck and he sees the ice very well. Mm-hmm. From the and it's nice having a guy on the back end to do that, where you right. can at least get it in and get that get that blue line and go from there. Try and set up and see what see what happens. And also, Cider in the SHL was really good at that, mm-hmm. just gain, gaining access into the zone and setting up after that. So that's another yeah. guy. Like I think you kind of like you're looking at four guys who can really carry the puck in versus like just two people. But still not great. Like, you want all of your guys to be able to, like, carry some of the play, maybe besides, like, one guy in the unit. But you want all of your guys to be able to have possession, be able to possess the puck going into the zone and know what to do. So I'm going to backtrack on you a little bit there. That was my biggest concern with Cider was last year was him breaking a puck into a zone on the power play. So once he gets set up in the zone, it's really good from there. But a big struggle in the playoffs for him, in my opinion – was when I was watching, he had trouble. They had trouble as a team was getting the puck into the zone. So okay. he'll fit right in with the Red Wings. But no, <laughs> for real though, I, I that's one thing that um, concerned. The only thing that really concerned me about Cider's game. All right, so I'll take I'll take that back then. Maybe we yeah. only have three then. I think he could develop it though. He's just such a yeah. smart player and he's just he's such a really good skater. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's yeah. That's a good point. Thank you for bringing that up. I yeah. I you know I'm like. Yeah, it doesn't really – guy who doesn't watch the SHL isn't enough, you watch it a lot more. So you would know a little bit more. I tried to I tried to stream for a lot of this game, but I, I couldn't figure it out. How do you stream it? Uh, you, don't have to, uh, you don't have to answer that. You don't have to answer that. You can text okay. me later. But okay. it's, <laughs> it's an illegal way. You don't have to tell me. It's legal. Legal? Of sorts. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll talk I about it later. It's on the internet, so it's okay. It's on the internet. Right. But, like, if, yeah, you're not paying for the subscription is what I'm saying. Ah, uh, no. Yeah, no. Okay. All right. We'll talk, I'm going to need that site later. But anyway. Mom is uh, right. <laughs> Mom's paying for it. Right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I'll go into, like, the PK because I think it's interesting again. Because a lot of times, like, I know, like, I, I kind of, like, said like Suter and Vlen are kind of like fighting for a spot there, but I think they could make up for not being on a power play on penalty kill. Cause I think they're both pretty defensively sound. 
So I kind of have the locks and the penalty kill being larks. So like everyone's like for penalty kill, like when you look on NHL, like 21 or whatever, when you set up your franchise mode, you're just like, you only have two options for penalty kill units. You know what I mean? But in reality, where like a team has like three units or four units where like we need these guys, like if you have like a four minute kill, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of had, I set up three units for the penalty kill. Okay. Um, using five defensemen, but like also I have three sets of forwards. So I, cause I think it's more, when you watch a penalty kill, it's not just two units going. A lot of times you're rotating in a third unit. So I kind of have the locks of the penalty kill being, I'm not going to like specify units right now. I'll just say the guys who I think are definitely going to be on the unit is Larks, Bertuzzi, Namasnikov, and Gagne. I think Gagne was uh, really underrated being a penalty killer last, last year. Yes. Um, I just – okay. Uh, another one I could see being kind of a lock is Rasmussen. I was he's, – he's on my list. Okay. For, like, a rotating guy to be in there. But I, they did really, towards the end of the year, really bump him a lot. The they were trying to get him to develop as a penalty killer, which that was, I that's love. Real, he was averaging towards the end of the year, like, 14 minutes a night, and that's where he was getting a lot of his minutes. Was I, his I like kill. that. If he can thrive at – Oh, absolutely, he's, yeah. He's a big enough guy where he gets in the lanes and his skating, which can develop a little bit more, I believe. But his skating – It's definitely not, a lot better. It's definitely, it's a lot definitely gotten a lot better, absolutely. And it's it's at the it's at the uh, to the level right now where he he's able to play in the penalty kill position without because with with the mix of his size and stuff, so he's not going to be completely out of position or get caught right. out of position, in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, he he looked he looked fine at it, honestly. Another one got, to touch on would be um, Rowney if he's in the lineup, he's going to be yeah, on the Brown, penalty kill. Yeah, I didn't. I Rowney Smith. Yeah, I didn't edit. Uh, Jeremiah Smith didn't really PK when he was in the lineup last year. Maybe no, twice, but... Um, no, but probably could. Yeah, I think he could. But that goes back into my whole fourth line scenario, where I, in my head he's a fourth liner, but I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, sure. that's, that's that's yeah, that's <laughs> that's a mystery. Yeah, <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> but uh yeah like guys who i have like besides like those four guys i see as a lock like i'd throw Rowney in if he's in the lineup i think he's a penalty killer yeah. so i'd throw him in but uh like mitchell stevens pew Suter, and valeno and valeno would be another guy i'd, I'd throw a bone to because i think valeno pk'd a little bit when he was up in those five games yep and it's also pk'd like in the minors and for um malmo yep last year so there's definitely a lot of options and then defensively i like stall cider uh, like DeKaiser, Horonic, Stetcher, kind of like all kind of like Lindstrom could be a guy. He peaked so out a lot. Basically, everyone can penalty kill on defense. Yeah. Um, right. So, my favorite penalty killer last year on defense this is going to sound weird, but honestly, Stahl was really good on the penalty kill last year. He was pretty yep. solid, honestly. Yeah. I, I, like, we were talking about this, Garth, and when they, when they re signed Stahl, and I was like, that's actually a, a solid enough signing because he brought to the table what we wanted and we got him for free. But yeah, we got him for a to take him. Yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're a second round pick. But he he did exactly a he wanted just to keep playing, but he did exactly what we thought he would do, and mm-hmm. he was pretty solid. And he was impressive enough to, I mean, on the penalty kill, I thought him and Stetcher were pretty solid together. When yeah, they get for up sure. there, like I mean, Stetcher, I guess, like guy gives it his all the time. He will eat pucks. My boy. Yeah, yeah. So he will I eat just... pucks. The start of the year when Stahl was like struggling pretty heavily, I said I compared him to a Jonathan Erickson that eats pucks. 
Because yeah. Jonathan Erickson was really bad and didn't, didn't eat pucks, but Mark Stahl <laughs> ate pucks and he was really bad. Did. So yeah. did Erickson, Biggie. Biggie. Remember when they Biggie? said he was supposed to be the next uh, Nick Lidstrom? I do not remember that. I don't want to oh, yeah. hear that ever. Yep, I remember I don't wanna, saying that. I hope that clip has been scrapped. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, I think it was like their prospect tournament, like what's, what we were just talking about. Oh my god! When no. he was first, yeah, yeah. I'm like, he's he's a. Well, I remember him like when he started playing, like when he got called up and stuff. He he played like a couple games with Lindstrom. Was it? Yeah. he started. Was he a forward before he switched? Uh, to the he wasn't. He was in Sweden. Yeah, but yeah, I think he, he played all. He came here, yeah, North America. He played D. I think he played. Yeah. He played forward up until he was like sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, I but just he, remember them saying like, "Oh, he's gonna go under the lids from the wing and some of that with the Swedish connection, and he's gonna be like trying to become the next." I was like, "Not a chance in hell!" Are you kidding me? <laughs> 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 it's like, come on, guy. If that's the case, I'm gonna be the next Wayne Gretzky. Okay, let's be real. Let's be real. Let's, be real. let's keep it honest. Yeah. Um. That's kind of all I. It's kind of all I have for all of this. I don't think we really need to break down the AHL roster. Well, what's the East Coast League? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to know who's playing for the Walleye this year. Yeah. yeah. Let's go no, there's definitely – I think there's some definitely some interesting guy, like, guys that I'm interested in watching, like, all year in, like, the AHL. Like, maybe Hiroshi could be another guy that gets popping up and down. I forgot about him. Notably changed his number to – what was it? He did change – he changed his number today to 25. Yeah. Why? 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 Well, I didn't like when he changed his number. So he came into the league wearing, um, was it 67? Yeah, 67. No, no, no. No, uh, he changed to 67. Did he? He changed. Yeah, he, he came into the league wearing 53. That's what it was. And then he changed to 67, which I liked. 67 is kind of a sick number. And then now he switches to 25, which notably not a good number. I don't is know any good players that wear – is Stevens uh, wearing 67 or 50? No, he's wearing 22, unfortunately. Oh. I wish he was wearing – I wanted him to wear 67. Yeah, he, took, he took 22. So, so maybe, maybe he, he changed – what? Maybe it was in Tampa. He had something. Maybe 57, Stevens. No, Stevens wore 60, – he wore 67 in Tampa. 67? I thought okay. 22 was in the rafters. For Nemeth? For Jordan 2-2. I, yeah. I thought you said for Nemeth. Oh, both of them, actually. Like thought, when, when you said when you said your favorite penalty killer, I was thinking Nemeth. I was the first guy I thought of. I like Nemeth on the penalty kill too, but watching him in Colorado, he was horrendous. Oh, he was pretty bad in the playoffs. Dude, I don't understand. Like it must have been like the, the speed. Like I was just gonna he say, was used to the Detroit speed. Man, he he went from one of the 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 teams that didn't possess a puck a whole lot to one of the teams that plays with the most speed and possesses at the puck a lot. So that's, that's a big transition. <laughs> and, you're at pressure for him. and you're at altitude. Come on, let him be. Those lungs are <sighs> insane. Yeah, he couldn't catch up. It was just killing no. him. Now, guys, like, I'll, I'll like, pick out a couple notable guys in like, the AHL besides like, the guys we picked, like, we touched on. Like, uh, like Tuchiev, I'm curious to see what he does like North American ice. So I'm confused with Tuchiev. Did he sign his – he didn't sign an ELC, did he? He just signed with Grand Rapids, right? He signed an AHL deal. When you're like a seven, like like your contracts you get set up with, kind of are based on where you're picked. Because like when you sign an ELC like Raymond, there's a minimum he can make when you're picked at fourth overall. Yeah, and he signed for the max, obviously, and it's like same thing with Kosa and stuff. But like when you look at uh, when we signed Chalowski, when he made like eight ninety four or whatever, like that's kind of like the minimum he can make. I think I'm understanding. Like Sabrango signs for eight fifty, like they're not giving him like nine twenty five. So he he's not on an ELC yet. He's no, he's on. He, I think okay. he's on like a 
two-year AHL deal, something like that. Cool. Yeah, no, you can get bumped up. You can like renegotiate the contract and get it bumped up to an NHL, like an like a two, like an entry-level deal. Yeah, I thought sure. it was an AHL deal, but wasn't wasn't sure. Yeah, it's an AHL deal. So it's interesting. Like, hopefully, he ends up keeping a spot all year, but. I think he will. He's kind of an interesting guy to look at. Um, and then, like, the defense, I think, is most interesting to me, like, with McIsaac, Sabrango, and Barton and New Power. Yeah, that's a really fun decor. Yeah, a lot of young guys. So, I, I, I literally can't wait. I'm going to their second game of the season, and I'm just jacked. I actually cannot wait. You're going against Milwaukee, too, which is yeah. a fun rival game. Milwaukee, yeah. always has a, Milwaukee always has such a good team and also, like, have – I don't know what it is. Those two teams have great jerseys, the Griffins and – the Admirals have such good jerseys. Yeah, Love that's good. Colors games. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I kind of have for all of this. Shout out Victor Bradstrom as well for goaltending. Right. NHL. Um, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up this episode. Um, we'll probably look at doing a midweek episode. I kind of like, so I want to do like a hot takes predictions episode with the Red Wings. Slash, like, we can do, like, a standings episode, like, NHL next episode. So, kind of yeah, a mix. We can, go, we can go through divisions, and then we can also do, like, our Red Wings, like, projections, like, uh, like guys, like, leading scorer. Um, points, goals. Type points, thing. goals, like, goaltending predictions. I kind of have a list started, but I can share in the group chat or whatever. But I think that's what I'm looking at for, uh, yeah, sometime next midweek. All right. That sounds good to me. All right. Um, just want to thank everyone for listening again. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at the TPL pod. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Still not up on Apple music because it takes forever to get on Apple music, not Apple music, Apple podcasts. Yeah. Me. I love our podcast and Apple music. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, yeah. So I'll try to, I'll try to get that figured out this week, hopefully, but yeah, they'll wrap it up. Uh, thank you. Thank you again, everyone for listening.